You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back to Murder Speaks. Hope everyone's having a great week. So today's real crime story is about 80-year-old Bernita Billy Cunningham of Hubbardston, Michigan. Early in the morning on December 1st, 2006, a neighbor noticed something strange at Bernita's house. Her light was on all night and her garage was open all night. So the neighbor called her son Bill to go and check on her. When he got there, he found his mother face down in a pool of blood. He called 911. But he was very calm. There was no sign of forced entry, but Bernita was known to keep her door unlocked and nothing appeared to be stolen. There was a step stool by her head and there was a wall mirror that had been broken in little pieces, and there was a lot of blood spatter in the foyer where she was found. Not only on the floor, but the surrounding walls, and there was a softball-sized dent in the drywall. There was also a broken Santa Claus figurine on the ground. According to the autopsy, her head wounds and broken nose came from her fall. It appeared the cuts on her neck were from the pieces of glass. Her death was considered an accident. It looked like she was standing on a stool hanging up Christmas decorations and fell over into the mirror after suffering a seizure. Her loved ones didn't think she died from an accidental fall. They hired a private investigator, Don Brooks, to look into her death. After looking into the case, he came to the conclusion that foul play was involved. The blood spatter was inconsistent with an accidental fall. The forensic pathologist agreed that it could be a homicide, but he needed proof. So the family agreed to exhume Bernita's body. The forensic pathologist didn't find any glass in her wounds. The wounds to her face and head were consistent with being struck by a heavy object. She had a fractured nose, upper jaw, and bruising on her face and the back of her left hand. The cuts on her neck are symmetrical, like she was cut with a knife. The forensic pathologist considered this a homicide. The house was cleaned by a professional cleaning company. The CSI team examined her house. They found a purse sitting in her bedroom, and there was no cash in the purse. Now, Bernita went to the same bank in the first couple of days of every month and took out money she was going to need for the rest of the month. She only dealt with cash. And she would have had cash in her purse the day she was murdered. She had about $100. The purse is dusted for prints. The forensic team found animal hair in the foyer where her body was located, but Bernita didn't have any pets. They found two small drops of blood in the basement sink. So the tiny drops of blood are sent to the crime lab for testing. The DNA doesn't match anybody in the criminal database. So they decide to take DNA from family members. The blood in the sink belonged to one of her sons, 
named Mike. So the police question him. He tells police that several days after his mother's funeral, he cut himself and cleaned up in her downstairs bathroom. He tells police that he was in Florida at the time of the murder. So they got court orders to search the records of the two closest hospitals. They got a list of people who went to the hospital for hand injuries. The police talked to 31-year-old Jasper Conklin. He was a trusted worker in Bonita's home, and he was very familiar with her daily routines. He refused to take a polygraph. They checked his criminal records. He recently got out of prison. The police examined his hand two months after the murder, but they didn't find anything. He tells police that he was painting the day of the crime. The police questioned her youngest son, Bill, who discovered her body. He was driving by an hour before she was murdered and saw her. An hour later, she was seen driving towards downtown Hubbardston. She might have been on her way to the post office. A neighbor tells police that Bernita always went to her house for coffee in the morning. The day she was murdered, she told her neighbor that a young man stopped by her house and offered to put Christmas decorations up for her. Hey, don't forget to check out crystalkiss.com for my murder merch. Cool designs for all of you true crime addicts. If you live in the U.S. and buy three or more items, you'll get free shipping. Use discount code MURDER15, that's MURDER15, and save 15% on your entire order. Check out my YouTube channel, Murder Speaks. The link is in the show notes. And asked to use the phone, but she never revealed the name of the person. During the canvas of the neighborhood, the police suspected the neighbors who lived across the street, 23-year-old Stip Baxter and 17-year-old Justin Stevens were house guests across the street from Bonita's house. The police interviewed them both. Justin tells police he was hanging at a friend's house at the time of the murder. And Stip tells police he was deer hunting. They offered to take a polygraph. And Stip passes the polygraph, no problem. They pulled phone records from Bernita's house the day she was murdered. And no calls were made that day. A neighbor calls the police and says Bernita was seen arguing with somebody near the time of the murder. He was an associate of Winston Billingham, a drug dealer. When the police went to talk to him, he took off. So the police questioned Winston Billingham. He said he didn't know anything. The police discover Leighton Wasco. He lived in a nearby town, and he just got out of prison for a crime that was very similar. He spent 13 years in prison for breaking into the home of an 84-year-old woman, and he robbed her at knife point. Same M.O. as Bernita Cunningham. He tells police he was home the day of the crime. And he made a phone call to his youngest son to wish him a happy birthday. But it turns out he made the phone call to his son about four hours later. His teenage daughter tells police that he was with her at the time of the murder. She said he was picking her up from school. The police check the school records and discover she was not at school that day. So why did she lie for him? He took a polygraph and passed. The police showed the neighbor pictures to see if they would pick up the person who she was seen arguing with, but they didn't pick anybody out. A year and a half after the murder, a 21-year-old man named Adam Dunstan gets arrested for violating probation on a drug conviction, and he has relatives who live in Hubbardston. They searched his belongings and discovered he was obsessed with killing. He strangled cats. <coughs> 
The day of the crime, he tells police he was working, and the police verified that. Another year passes, and the case goes cold. Then, May 2009, more than two years after the murder, the animal hair that was found by Bernita's body was tested and came back to a dog from the house across the street. Both Justin and Stip moved out of the house shortly after the murder. Justin broke up with the daughter and moved back to Texas. Stip remained in Hubbardston in a rehab house. Stip abused drugs and was unemployed. He originally told police he was deer hunting, but that was never verified. He tells police that Justin suddenly had $100. That's how much Bernita had in her purse. The police track Justin down. The police talk to family members of the house across the street from Bernita's house. They tell police that Justin told them he got the money from his grandmother. But the police verify his grandmother never gave him that money. So the police talk to the friend Justin said he was with. He tells police that he did not see Justin that day. So the police pull phone records from the house. There were about 14 calls made to Texas the day Bernita was murdered. And there was a gap, which could be when Bernita was murdered. Detectives flew to Texas to speak to Justin's aunt. That's where he stayed when he left Hubbardston. She tells them when Justin got there, he gave her a bloodied sweatshirt and a knife. Apparently, Justin told her that the blood was from a Michigan hunting trip. The crime lab was unable to find any DNA on the sweatshirt and the knife. July 2009, Justin was incarcerated for breaking into a building. The police questioned him. He tells police that his aunt gave him the $100, but she said she didn't give him the money. He confessed to killing Bernita Cunningham. He went to her house, faked using her phone, and then he left. He waited for Bernita to leave. When she left, the door was unlocked, so he entered her home. He went through her purse and drawers. Bernita came back and caught him in the act. She told him she was going to call the police, so he panicked and beat her and cut her with a knife. Apparently, he faked a cold to get out of taking a polygraph. Did you ever have any bad words with her or anything no. happened? She never did anything to make you mad? No. What I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about you. I know that at some point you moved to Michigan, correct? Yes. Okay, and how old were you then? 16, or almost 17. Okay, when, when you arrived in Michigan, where are you living at? With uh, my girlfriend's father. You remember that day? Yes. Tell me what happened. I went over to her house. I was going to see if I could get some money. And what happened? I just I grabbed something off the shelf. I hit her with it. I watched her leave. I went over to her house and it was unlocked. I got to the bedroom and there was a purse. I was going through it. I found a wallet. What do you find? Five $20 bills. Okay, and then what happened? I was in the house and I was going through drawers. All of a sudden she came in the room and asked me what I was doing. Justin was convicted of first degree murder and home invasion robbery. At 21, Justin Stevens was sentenced to life in prison without parole. This was an awful crime. And for everyone out there who knew Bernita, I'm very sorry for your loss. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Murder Speaks. Hope you enjoyed it. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. All my socials are in the description. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Join me again on Murder Speaks. Thanks. Bye.